Thank you so much for joining us today. I gotta say, I think Hijack might actually be my new favourite show. I don't know about you guys, but um, I guess there might be a few fans out there who have either binged it like I did. Oh yes, we've got a round of applause already. Isn't it brilliant? Okay, well let's get our glittering cast of creatives out. First up, Idris Elba. Idris plays Sam Nelson and he's executive producer. This is George Kay, writer and executive producer. Here we have Archie Punjabi, who plays Zara Gabor, Max Beasley, who plays Daniel Farrell, and then we have Jim Field Smith, director and executive producer. This came uh, as just an idea from George and, and then became, you know, the story beats and then the scripts. Um, so, but I knew really much very early in the, in, the, in the journey when I sat with George and talked about what we were trying to achieve and what, you know, the story and the perspective of this story. Um, for me, as a producer and a talent, I was sort of interested in doing something that was going to really you know, hit the mark in television. Uh, I love television, love making television. I have to for years. I play in the film space as well. And I think the, the sort of merger between film and what is film and what is television has gotten smaller, that sort of um, line. And, and, and working with George was just like, it was, was a joy. I was a fan of his work and wanted to make that happen. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, Sam Nelson has certainly stayed with me. Mm -hmm. I gotta say, like, you know, that even that opening shot, it's almost the way you're talking about the crossover between TV and film. It is filmic. You've I've never seen a travelator look so sexy in my life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like and the lens flare and the sun, and I yeah. love that motif that we see throughout, which is kind of, you know, you being backlit and looking <laughs> angelic and heroic. <laughs> Which actually brings me really, I guess, to the cinematography. And Jim, at the end, director Jim... I thought Jim, you were going to say it brings you to Max Beasley. Oh, from one angel to another. <laughs> but it is, it is exquisite. Thank you. I mean, how it's shot. Can you tell us a little bit about how you settled on shooting style and uh, the look and feel of it? Well, obviously, we spent most of our time trying to make Idris look presentable, um, which is tough. Tough gig. Um, <laughs> uh, the the biggest thing for us, I suppose, was we've got a show that's set almost exclusively inside of an aeroplane. Um, and there's two problems with that. One is to make it um, engaging dramatically and not feel um, uh, dull and flat. And um, the other thing is to make it feel like you are actually in an aeroplane that's moving through the sky. So it was sort of... Definitely very, very challenging. Um, we had a very talented team that um, figured out how to solve both of those issues. And I sort of heaped problem on top of problem by saying, you know, we didn't really want to break this plane apart. We wanted to, to, to move around the plane and never break through the skin of it. Um, and we didn't. I didn't want the thing you sometimes see on screen where everything gets scaled up to make it easier. We actually, the plane you see in the show is a millimeter for millimeter replication of a um, of an airliner. So we sort of made it as hard 
for ourselves as we possibly could and hope that translates on screen into something that feels really convincing. Um, but at the same time, yeah, try to make it look as um, engaging and, 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 and sort of to pull you into the drama as much as possible. I mean, that must have been challenging. I mean, how many people were on that plane? Um, well, we well as many as you see, as, as many as you see, plus the plus same again crew. behind the camera, yeah. Yeah. So that was sort of everybody boarding a long haul flight every single day for 120 days. <gasps> In the middle of summer. In the no middle of the AC. summer, yeah. <laughs> how was that for you? I mean, you, you must be. It was I great. Know, I mean, six, three? Yeah, <laughs> he's been wearing shorts ever since. <laughs> I'm six three, uh, but f luckily the first class cabin had the extra leg room. Oh, okay. I, I guess you spent maybe that. half your time there, and then half <laughs> yeah, the some back. of it in the back. Yeah. yeah. Um, but actually, you know, I think the 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 fact that we didn't break um, the plane apart and make, you know, this is a real plane just in a studio, and the the con the, the confinement of that just really applied to the drama. Mm. Um, even for the crew, you know, figuring out how we're gonna do this top shot without being able to take the roof off was about trying to figure out how to do that. And, and you know, it all sort of led into the claustrophobia of it. So the crew, the actors, you know, everyone was sort of tight. And we're, it was almost like watching a documentary being made while being in the documentary, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. it, meant, it meant we could keep going more. You know, it meant that we could stay in the moment and, and let the scenes play out more, um, which, you know, when you're dealing with a hijacking, it's about people reacting and, and, and trying to figure out live, you know, how to get through the next second, how to get through the next minute. And so we were able to bring some of that into the actual making of it. Um, you know, we used a lot of unbroken shots. We moved with, um, often with Sam's character, with Idris's character Sam, we're moving with him through the plane. So we did a lot of that for real, you know, and there was a lot of like, you know, literally people having to hand the camera to each other and, and stuff like that. But um, that, again, that was, as Idris says, that was all about wanting to feel engaged in the drama of it and not feel like it was artifice or that it was, um, we were sort of sitting back and watching it from afar. I wanted to feel like you're in that hijack. Yeah, which you certainly do. I mean, you, f you feel it. It's a right, you know what I mean? Um, George, I want to ask you, George is the writer of the project. Um, how did it come about? I mean, where did the, what was the genesis of the idea? Um, I, I was on a train, actually. I was on the Eurostar. I was doing a lot of work in France, and I, we were in the Eurostar tunnel, and the train stopped for, for quite abruptly. And... Uh, even though I knew everything was all right, I had it, it flashed through my mind. What if there's something going on on this on this train? What if it's happening up up the carriages? And, and I looked around me at the people, the kind of businessmen eating his lunch, and the, and the, and the squabbling family. And I thought, like, how would we cope as a group of people if this was a serious incident? Would the tough-looking guy really be tough? Would the would the kind of uh, the weedy guy look really rise up and actually cover himself in glory and manage to stand up to people? Who are these people really? When you look past them, as 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 uh, you get past your prejudice of those people and how they look and how they're acting, um, and it kind of put me in mind of Blitz Spirit and like when the chips are down, how does it? How do the British or, the, or, or 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 an international community cope? when suddenly thrust into kind of extremes. Um, and then the thought of a plane was much more uh, visual. You know, we could really open it up. High uh, stakes. High stakes, also like a, a moving 
uh, society. You know, we've got class system on a plane. You've got all sorts of people. But as all the characters experience, whether they're on the ground or um, uh, in the plane, the, the hijacking is a great leveller for all of these people. And, and so they really get tested, no matter what their rank, no matter, no matter what their uh, class seat they're sitting in on the plane. Uh, so it felt like a good setting to mm -hmm. take it to a plane. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that I'm the weedy guy? Yeah. <laughs> that was really going on here. I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're, the, you're the business guy eating his lunch. What's, on a serious point, what was great was that when, we, when Idris came on board to, to play Sam, we all have our understanding of Idris as an actor and his like, and, and it's great to give him a role, that I think, that's this kind of... Um, uh, and not, he doesn't have the skills of a, of a Royal Marine or an SAS soldier or stuff. He's really, he, in, as a character, um, but, he, but does, he looks like he might. Life. He looks like he might, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's quite fun to play with what the hijackers thought, think of Sam Nelson and what yeah. Sam Nelson thinks they think of Sam Nelson and all that stuff. So he's got loads of fun layers to exploit. Yeah. Now, Archie and Max. Together, you're part of the ground force. What's happening on the ground? After you, Archie. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I am the... Gosh, I'm so interested in hearing how it all came about. I completely <laughs> lost my words. <laughs> um, I, so Zara's character first learns about the hijacking and then gets together all the authorities and starts a big investigation. We were in a room that's not as narrow as the aircraft, but <laughs> it was uh, it was still it was probably about three times the size of, size of this stage. And the room just got bigger and bigger as it became more tense. Um, those were stressful scenes, though. We all had yeah. to sit, stay in one position. We couldn't move because of the number of people in the room. We were watching a monitor with like a dot, which was the aircraft, and really like intense scenes. Who had it worse? Sorry? Nobody knows who had it worse. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we did. Because he was in business class with his feet. First class? First. He was in first. Yeah. We were kind of packed like sardines too. But we did have, you know, I was telling Idris earlier, we did have a good laugh on the show. It was intense, right, Jim? We had, we had a lot of fun on the show. Yeah, yeah. So when the script first landed with you, did you know immediately, yes, I want to play Zara? Well, when I first read it, I think I was sent three and I couldn't put it down. And then by the end of the third one, I wanted to know if my character had successfully um, saved the passengers. So I phoned up my agent. I said, I need to read four to seven. And she said, so selfish. Ah. <laughs> um, but um, she, she said, do you not want to do it? I said, no, I'd love to do it. I just need to know what happens to the passengers. And that's what I thought. This is a brilliant script. It's really thrilling. It's going to have audiences at the edge of their seat. So, And Idris was in it, of course. And Max and Jim and... <laughs> I've just been handed a message, which, yes. shall I read this out? Yes, please. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Annie. Please remind, press here in the screening room that while photos are okay, please do not videotape the press conference. Thanks, Annie. Running in a rule. Thank you. So no videos, but photos are great. So sorry. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Brilliant. So um, Max, uh, I think you have... I mean, one of the best entrances possible, you know, just that killer reveal at the beginning of the episode where you literally just roll into frame. And it's, you know, it's a couple of seconds, but we learn so much. In terms of storytelling, it is brilliant. I mean, for you, when you first read the script, did you think, okay, I'm in, this is brilliant? 
Well, I, interestingly enough, um, Idris was very kind enough to suggest me for the role um, oh. to the producers, which was lovely. And then, and then when I got the scripts, I, the first thing I always look at is who's written it, because I, I write myself and I love, I like good writing. And I saw it was George, and then Jim as a director, and I'd seen <clears throat> Criminal. And what I loved about that show was um, it was compelling. It was in such small, confined spaces, yet there was so much going on within the stillness, if that makes sense. And, and I thought it was really clever television that they both created. And so immediately I was like, great, uh, let's go. And also I wanted to work with Idris. I didn't realize that um, he'd be 30,000 feet up in the air <laughs> and I'd be running around on the ground trying to find out what was going on, you know. But Did you ever see each other? No, no. And, and <laughs> not even in the six month shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but of course, um, after reading it, um, the first couple of episodes, uh, I think I read three, and um, it, the character became more, more, more and more involved. And the, there's so many wonderful nuances for me to play as both a professional policeman, but also a, from a personal point of view, being involved in Sam's ex-wife, played by Christine Adams. And we get very subtle reminders of that, you know, on the picture frame. There's pictures of Sam with the family, and he's obviously handsome, and he's you know he's he's got a vibe about him, and and so I think that policemen, while they're so tenacious and professional and very good at their jobs, their personal lives are very discombobulated, if you like. So there was something interesting there uh, for me to get hold of, uh, and then of course my uh, uh, Archie's character is another ex-lover of of this this rogue. Uh, somehow, I think were we lovers? I think we were, George. You yes, were. we were. Yeah. I mean, I'm itching to know the backstory because the relationship between you two, I mean, that dynamic just leaps off the screen, doesn't it? I mean, something, something really bad went down. Well, we had, we had <laughs> something went. I'm not quite sure what it was, Kate. But oh, we, I we, am. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's, it's excellent because we very delicately and subtly work through Christine's messages from um, um, from Idris's character Sam. And then my relation, my past relationship with Archie, who is in counterterrorism, we can then start formulating something we don't think really is going on, but as the dominoes fall, then we realise we're into a very serious situation quite quickly in the show as well, which is it, it is good because it grabs you quite quickly and um, it's, it's high octane, high octane stuff. It's really you know a, a great a thriller and a great drama, and I'm I'm really proud to be a part of it. You know, we actually um, it just reminded me you guys talking about being on the ground is that part of the necessity of the way we shot it is that everyone was sort of separated but it was also slightly by design as well and um, the people on the plane never met really any other people on the ground and they used to call each other the ground people and the plane people <laughs> and like they would always try and sneak in and look at what we were doing in other sets and we're like get off get out of here you know I'd see. because of course part of the you know that being too high highfalutin about it part of the fun of it is about information and about who knows what yeah. and you know s s the genius of sam's character is that he's trying to get information to the ground without being caught doing that by the hijackers meanwhile because of the methods that he's using which are maybe a little bit um uh, unconventional the characters on the ground are having to decipher this and figure out is it hijacked or is it not mm. and so we sort of deliberately wanted to keep everyone separate and keep everyone guessing the whole time um, and yeah, again, hopefully that comes across. I remember actually, you know, because we were shooting uh, <clears throat> at a studio with several stages, and because I 
could sort of like go see what the other stages were doing every now and again, but I'd always stay here in the back. And then one time I realized I was walking right through basically a whole shot. And they, and I think Archie was in there, I think, and everyone was huddled in this tiny room and they were just, you know, I think they were just running lines, right? And I just walked past and I was like, hey. And they all looked at me like, what the fuck? And I was in full costume, blood on my face. They're like, he looks happy. What the fuck? He's <laughs> so fine. Hijack's over, guys. I, just, I thought everyone would be like, hey, what's up? It just, they were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> just get out, man. Killing our vibe. Brilliant. Wow. Well, those are a few questions from me, but the people that we're really interested to hear questions from today is everyone out here and also everyone online who has joined us virtually. So I'll start by taking a question from the floor in the room here. If anyone's got a question, just pop your hand up and we'll get a mic to you before you ask it. <clears throat> awesome. Um, this question is for Max. Uh, you mentioned that you didn't have the opportunity to meet with Idris uh, for about six months while shooting, um, but your character is pretty much solving, trying to solve the pieces of the puzzle to this you know, mystery with what's going on with you know, this hijacking. So did that help you in your role, not having to be able to interact with Idris within that six months, or did that hinder you? Um, <clears throat> I, I, it was helpful. I mean, just from a professional point of view, I wanted to do the dance with Idris on set because he's a terrific actor. But, but I think it helped a little bit. And, and also, obviously, he's a very handsome man. So like I say, when you do, there are very subtle shots of me and Christine in the bedroom. There are family pictures of her with Idris's character, with the boys. And there's just a couple of moments that Jim shot there where you just, it's the male thing, you know, of just like, what am I working with? And he's, this guy's a professional, but so is Sam. He's a very successful professional guy. Uh, and, um, and so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it probably did help, maybe. I, I'm not too sure. Just try to be real on the day with each scene, and that's it. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> oh, yeah, let's take it. <clears throat> Thank you. That's a good question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, a question for Idris. Obviously, this is an action thriller, so sort of talk us through, please, if, if it's okay, um, the sort of fight sequences or action sequences, and sort of how did it affect you? Did you get like battered and bruised, or were there any injuries or anything like that? Um, so I guess you know one of the things that <clears throat> I guess was by design is that you know we we didn't take this plane apart and made it easier for us to shoot. We designed all the action sequences with, with what we've got, okay? And, um, you know, you know, Sam does a lot of sneaking around the plane, you know. Me sneaking on a plane is like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> we can see you, you know, so it meant that I had to either get lower or we had to figure out another way. Um, and that was actually really, again, adds to the sort of drama and the reality of this thing. Um, the fight sequences were certainly uh, hard to shoot. Um, they were choreographed within the space. Um, if we hurt ourselves, we just took a breather and carried on. Because not to say that we didn't care, but it's just that we didn't try and change the choreography not to hurt ourselves. Because in, in this instance, the fight sequence was, sequences are based on what would we do rather than this is a fight sequence, you know. Um, and one of the memorable ones for me is the one with um, Neil's character. 
and this gun and this tiny kitchen space. I'm a big man, so I could just... But it just wasn't easy to manoeuvre around and fight this guy, especially if my character's not a fighter, he's fighting out of desperation. And he's frightened of getting shot. Not only is he frightened of getting shot, but he doesn't want a plane to go down because of a bullet. So there was all this stuff that was part of the design of the action. Um, and I think really gives puts the audience in that. We've all been on a plane. We've all sat in a chair and looked over and seen that person from this perspective. We've all looked down the aisle and looked behind us. And that's what Jim and the team really designed well and implemented into the action sequences, you know? Um, thank you. I'm going to take a question now from the journalists that have joined us virtually. Uh, so this is a question to Archie and Max. And this is from Barbara Munker, who's at DPA in Germany. You're part of the team on the ground and the personal backstory. How did you experience the tension building on the plane while figuring out a solution on the ground? <laughs> um, well, I guess we're, you know, the, the, the great thing about filming this is that we did it chronologically and so the tension just builds and having to you know, work with the ministers, the JTAC, the counter There's all these different things going on that... Um, <laughs> I guess the pressure just builds so much that the tension in that room just escalates to a point where it becomes unbearable. Um, in terms of us... Yes, well, carry on. <laughs> I remember when we first met, we were like, well, what's our chemistry? What's our backstory? What's our history? And... Uh, I think we both had two different stories, didn't we? We both decided each of us had chucked each other, and then but I, I, you pointed I, to the script, I didn't said, you? you're the dominant, you're the dominant. I, you broke my heart. Oh, maybe. Uh, I mean, I think it's only George that can settle this. But, yeah, sorry, really? Sorry, George, Max. what's yeah. the backstory? Was I an animal? Was that, I don't know anything. <laughs> I think um, uh, Zara is strong and managed to kind of see that maybe uh, Daniel's not the right partner and they, they broke up but they did have a relationship for sure yeah. and maybe Sam Nelson was more appropriate you think <laughs> <laughs> but in answer to that lady's question <laughs> just that's a going, whole new series thank you so much no no in answer to the question when when we were working on the ground obviously as as we get more information the the stakes are everything's heightened everything's heightened everything's heightened and then we're out on the road then work the counter-terrorism units are involved armed response units are involved, and then it, it, it really does, you just play the pages, man, you just play the script, and, and, and that's all you need to do, and it grows quite beautifully, you know, throughout the seven hours of the show, um, I think, so I think that's... There's it. a really nice moment, though, isn't there? There's a really nice moment when I'm driving the car, and you ask me all these questions about your ex, and I have a complete, I have a go at you, and we argue, and at the end, she just says... It's okay, I get it. Yeah. And I think from then onwards, we just work together. Because we're both very good at our jobs, which is important. And ultimately, we do kind of really help the situation, I think. You know. I think you're all quite exceptional about, at your jobs. Um, talking about the tension building. Sorry, I meant as, as the characters. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't being an egomaniac. I meant we're both very good counter-terrorist policemen. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, there's a question here, and this is to Jim and George. It's from the States. It's from Cherry the Geek TV. Um, 
Joe at Cherry the Geek, the Geek TV. Um, now, he was wondering if you could talk about the real-time element of the show. In the past, this type of story was told as a two-hour movie. With this format, you're telling the story of the seven-hour flight over the course of seven hours, and it works really well. Talk about the development of the story and the challenges and maybe unexpected surprises of doing this story in real time. You want to go first? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to answer the second bit. Do you want to answer the okay, first okay, bit? Okay, yeah. In terms of the... Um, uh, the real time, the seven hours and, and, and maintaining tension. Um, what I, I realized writing was that in a hijacking situation, it's not immediately life or death. It's not like you're just about to be pushed off, a, off the edge of a cliff or something. For Sam's for Idris's character, Sam, um, he has to contend with a situation that is about to be, constantly is about to be life or death. So there's time and tension is suspended because until you know what those hijackers want, where they're taking the plane, what they intend to do, these are all unknowable things at the start of our story. And so we have a kind of, uh, we've, we've got a tension inbuilt. And there's no point breaking that. From a writing perspective, there's no point breaking that tension. You want to unfold the mystery really carefully and slowly because you should have people's breath held in their chests at that point. Um, and you've got seven hours to play with. That's all they know. And I think in the end of the first or second episode, they, it it's becomes clear that they, they're going to go to uh, to London. I don't know what we can say in terms of the story. But um, the the seven hours is... is the, is the size of the, the football pitch in, under which Sam Nelson can plot his strategy and, and get to his goal. So the tension's going to be there throughout because you're edging all the more incrementally towards a more intense situation the whole time. And at which point did you decide, right, we're going to do this real time? Um, I was looking at the, uh, the flight distances and the length of TV series, and they were very similar. And actually then the thought just cropped up, well, hang on, why don't we just play it, why don't we just run it for real? because we've all been on in what would feel like interminable uh, plane journeys, but it would not feel interminable, uh, or it would be suddenly a very short, intense, and magnified experience if you were under the uh, hijacking. So mm -hmm. it just felt right. It's the length of a, a show yeah. seems to be the length of a flight. So What you don't want to be is on a flight that gets cancelled by the network halfway through. LAUGHTER um, <laughs> uh, yeah, was we, that the reason some, at the beginning? Yeah, thought, yeah. Okay, well, they can't, we... they can't cancel it. <laughs> um, yeah, one of, the, um, one of the bits of research we were doing early on, um, I was listening to this testimony from a hijack survivor, and she said this thing that really, really stuck with me the whole way through the show, which was that she had been in a hijack situation, and she said that during a hijack, um, time ceases to exist, and all you're left with is decisions. Um, and that, I sort of had that in my head the whole time because it is real time. It's potentially more real time for the people on the ground than it is for the people on the plane. As Georgia said, for the people on the plane, you're sort of suspended. I mean, you're literally suspended, but you're, 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 you're sort of in, in suspension. And you're just trying to figure out how to sort of live through to the next moment. Um, for the people on the ground, they're scrambling for answers. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And of course, this plane is heading essentially towards them um in terms of the second part of the, the question um there were it, the sort of some of the challenges of, of making it um actually sort of perversely became i think some of the benefits of the show so the problem with making a real-time drama is you are wedded to every single decision that you make in production throughout normally if it's like 
oh, we hate this jacket. It's like, oh, don't worry, we'll get rid of it in that next scene. Or, you know, we're going we're gonna to jump to this or we can cut around this or we can go there. We can't do that in our show. So we had to live with all of the decisions that we made. And that's the reality of what would happen in that situation. And so we weren't able to do the convenient thing of, of jumping ahead in time or, or sort of swerving around something. We had to just take everything head on. So, um, you know, we made decisions about characters in episode one that we then had to you know, essentially live with. And I think hopefully that's to the benefit of, of the show. And, you know, the, the, the downsides are that you can't avoid anything if you've got a real-time storyline, you've got scripts that are written to a real-time storyline, you can't skip things. Mm. And there's very little fixing in the edit. There's, there's very little, um, yeah. you know, but the good thing was that, the, the, to bring it back to the original point, the material on the plane we found could actually expand because actually once you're in those scenes on the plane we hopefully successfully went for it like i really wanted to feel the tension of moments that in any other situation would be completely inconsequential feeling like the most important thing ever like you know sam's character waiting for someone to move slightly so that they're not in his eyeline anymore so he can go this way you know i wanted those moments to feel like they lasted forever almost, you know, and, and conversely wanted the stuff on the ground to feel like relentless. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. also, I, we didn't want, didn't want to do any uh, flashbacks or give the audience any irony or any knowledge that Sam and the other characters on board didn't have. Everything has to be earned for the people on the ground and for the people on the plane. The TV's full of shows that are mixing timelines and flashing back and giving audience better knowledge than some of the characters in the show. So it felt fresh to try something just linear, everyone learning at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just quickly, as an actor, though, it felt like I was flying to Mars. Like, am, I, am I still on this flight? It's like six, six months later, I'm still on the flight. Or, or three seasons of a show. I'm like, are we still here? What's going on? In the same outfit. <laughs> like, how many Ironically, the same shirt I'm wearing now. <laughs> Did you have, was it like kind of Jeff Goldblum in The Fly? Did you have like literally 12 hanging up in your dressing room? Yeah, and they were all very different stages. Oh, this one over here with all this blood on. I know where that is. I wear that again. Oh, man. Brilliant. Um, right, we'll take another question from the floor. Excellent. Not a very intellectual question, but um, I wondered uh, before making the show um, if any of you were afraid of flying and if that had changed um, since making it. Well, I, I didn't uh, fly on the show, but in terms of watching it, um, no, no, not at all. I think maybe for the first five minutes and then after that, I didn't, it didn't really affect me so much. But I have done a few dramas on a um, plane before, so maybe I'm, you know, I'm used to flying. I don't feel the fear so much. I, no, for me, um, more informed about flight um, airplanes now, which is weird, you know what I'm saying? I'd sit on a plane, I'd be like, oh, the A380? Yeah. Ooh, different trim? Interesting. Like, how do I know this shit? But um, it, it's actually not, not, you know, I love flying. Um, I love traveling. Um, and I've always, always said hello to stuff on planes, off planes, just by way of, you know, and people wanted to say hi and wave and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it just felt interesting to be on a plane again um, after making this show. Can I ask a question? Before you, you do, can I just say, oh, yes. sorry, because I flew in six hours ago on a BA flight and every single stewardess was like, 
Are you over doing something with Idris? He's so lovely. We've had him on British Airways so many times. He's such a nice guy. Like six minutes in and I'm no. like, can you get back to me for a second? <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, but that was nice to hear. But I did used to have a fear of flying. Um, I, I, I used to love it. And then I had a couple of terrible, terrible turbulent flights. And then it was Paul McKenna actually that helped me years ago. And now I love it. But I do remember after 9-11, because I live in Los Angeles, I, I always eyeball the passengers when I get on. And I just think, <laughs> right. That's helpful. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just like, I clock them quite quietly and I just go, hmm, okay. Because I've got two little girls. And so I'm, I'm, if anything's going to happen, I'm going to, well, after watching this show, though, you don't know. Who knows what would happen? Who knows? Who knows what would happen? But as you've already said, you are an excellent policeman. Um, what would you be looking for on that flight? Um, um, just little telltale sounds like, you know, stewardesses, when you board a plane and stewards, they, they, they're also reading you as a passenger that, for somebody that could help them in, in an event. Who's fit, who's looking good, who's not drunk, who doesn't drink on the plane, you know, so... Yeah, I'm into flying. I really like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you ever happen to be on a flight with Max, he might be looking be all a right. bit funny, be all but right. don't be alarmed. Yeah. Right, we've got loads of hands in the audience, so let's go wherever we can get a microphone. Yeah, great, excellent. Idris, serious question here. Um, this sees you do a more multi-dimensional role, but... Um, in terms of being an actor and getting the variety of roles, is it a blessing or a curse to be a good-looking man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a lot of love today. Wow, thank you very much. Max, you can answer that as well if you like. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Um, look, I'm sure it's all subjective. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm not uh, good-looking to everyone, but... Um, there is something interesting about what he said earlier. George talking about you know, the weedy man versus the strong man. And, you know, my size and shape and, you know, all my life sort of, oh, you're a big ladder, you know, and I've taken on roles that sort of feed into that a little bit. And um, in this particular time, I was really interested in playing against that. You know, even though Sam is what he is, he isn't always the sort of hero in that sense, you know. He's using this more cerebral... He's quite vulnerable in the sense that he's um, got lots going on internally with his family. And I really was interested in that, you know. Uh, so it played against type, if you like. Um, and, um, I, yeah, you know, some camera angles are not sexy, man. Especially on a plane, let me tell you. <laughs> you, got, you know, Jim's got the camera right up my nozzle. I'm like... Are you sure that's the angle, bro? I, can, I, can I just shift to the light? He's like, no, 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 this is perfect. I'm going to take another question from our journalists virtually. Uh, this is a question from Nando Rona at Deadline in Germany. This is to Idris, Archie and Max. How do you think you might personally react in a situation like the series because of the show? So since you've made it, how might you react on a plane and being hijacked? Do you know? Uh, well, look, you know, <clears throat> I would shut up and mind my own business. <laughs> really? A, no, no. <laughs> but I wouldn't be Sam, for sure. I just wouldn't have thought out that clearly. But if I had an opportunity to speak to a hijacker and I got eye contact and I thought for a second that person would listen to me, I would 
go for that and be like, dude, this is very stupid. Or, dude, can you get me a drink, please? Just quickly get me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd be the hero guy that's trying to, you know, outsmart the hijackers. I, I doubt that very much. But I certainly would want to help the staff and say, look, I'll, you know, if you need a volunteer to help you do something, I'm in 100%. And you've got a bit of intel now. I mean, you've learned a lot making this series. No, I know how to fly now, and I've got I've learned how to fly a plane, so, yeah. <laughs> how about you, Archie? I don't know what I would do. I, I guess it would depend on the hijackers, what they were like. I'd like to think I'd be able to communicate with them and talk with them and use some of Zara's skills, but I don't know. That's a really interesting question. It would depend on the people. Mm. Max? Again, I'm, I'm no idea. Employ McKenna? I, I no, mean, I, would you rely on a few of those hypnotherapy tips? I don't know. No, I, I'm, I'm, because I remember years ago I got robbed in, in Labbrook Grove at gunpoint. And I remember thinking, if that ever happens, I'll, I'll go to work and I'll take care of business. And I completely froze. I was in a chair with a gun at the back of my head. And if, even if I had a weapon, I would have said, brother, I've got, I've got a gun here, man. Do you want to I was terrified. So I don't know. Um, and I, uh, I have a friend in America that was a Spencer Stone who was uh, in the military and he was on the, the uh, Amsterdam to Paris. He was one of the soldiers that took that chap down. I've spoken to him at length about it and I think he just wired in a different way. So I've got no idea. I, I don't know idea what, you know. Jim George, I mean, it feels like unfair to leave you out, but... I would, I would uh, run and hide in the toilet. <laughs> I, I have no... I would not step off at all, I don't think. Jim? Me and George and a friend of ours used to play a game that if the three of us were on a boat, uh, sort of marooned at sea, who, which of us would turn on the other first and to, to kill them and eat them? Um, <laughs> so I think... Um, <laughs> every man, every man for themselves. <laughs> are, are you okay? You're eater, not eaten. I'd definitely rather be eating than be eaten, <laughs> if that's what you're asking me. I, I, get, I get eaten in the game. <laughs> what, oh, you're what's the name of this game? What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question: Do you think you could watch Hijack on a flight? Uh, well, I want, do you think they're going to put it on when you when? when I don't know. You might want to fight for it, George. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. Like, have that you could watch it on a seven-hour flight. Uh, yeah. um, that would be a very specific requirement that you would need to be able to watch it. It would be annoying to watch it on it a four-hour flight. Yeah, nine, nine-hour flight because you've got two hours of delays and then they, sure, they don't sure. let the thing work. That's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> I can't watch. I mean, it's intense. I watched one episode on a train and that was enough for me, to be honest. The blood pressure definitely rose, <laughs> for sure. Um, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for this really exceptional piece of work. It is, yeah, an exhilarating ride. Um, I will just balance things out, compliment you all on your looks and say you're all beautiful, <laughs> exceptionally handsome. Um, I'm you very are good at our also jobs. But it is a very beautiful panel. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you for everyone online. Thank you.